everybody. Thank you for joining me on this session, the Seven Figure Agency uh, Agency Success Interviews. I could not be more excited. Today I'm interviewing Matt Coffey. I have known Matt for, geez, how long has it been now, Matt? Going on seven years at least? Yeah, I remember when I was interviewing you. Now you're interviewing me. Yeah. How about that? That's, that's cool stuff. And uh, I think, Matt, you interviewed me at least twice when I was just about to break the seven-figure mark. And then right after we made the Inc. 5000 list. Uh, so those those were fun. But now it's Matt's turn to be in the spotlight. Uh, his business has, has had ups and downs. I'm sure he's going to share it with us. But um, I've been really excited to watch his seven-figure journey and really excited to share it with you guys today. So without further ado, uh, Matt, tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of how you got into this whole agency game. Hmm. Okay. So... Um... I guess we could say, let's go back and roll the time back to probably 2011 when I decided that, I guess for all intents and purposes, I was pretty much done with corporate America. I had been in corporate sales for a long time. I had run a pretty significant territory for Sprint for the last seven years before that, uh, about a $50 million territory running. Um, Pretty much all the handset sales for BlackBerry and all those things back then. But anyways, um, I think what ended up happening was that I read that stupid four-hour work week book, and I was like, <laughs> Tim Ferriss, four hours? That sounds good to me. <laughs> Boy, sucker. Talk about. Anyways, so um, I started consult. I left Sprint and started doing consulting. So basically, I just started to not necessarily build an agency. I know I did not want to, but believe me. I don't think anybody gets in this business and like, oh, I want to be an agency owner, right? I think what ends up happening, like what I did, was it just ends up happening by default because you're good at marketing and sales and stuff like that, and you kind of can figure stuff out. So what ended up happening for me was, um, and I've told this story a couple times, but I think it's kind of funny because it ends up being how things do end up. So I was doing my consulting stuff, and it wasn't had nothing to do with agency business or digital marketing. It was just, you know, wireless phone consulting. And I was in the chair at uh, my dentist office probably in 2012, and she was complaining about the fact that, hey, you know, I don't have a website, and I need to get a website. Do you know anybody can do one for me? Blah, blah, Because we were talking about whatever her business was. I said, yeah, I could probably, you know, help you out. So, you know, I just hired an outsourcer, and, you know, now I have an almost seven-figure business run. So it all started from just that kind of, like, initial push and it it went and so if you want to say tell us about the agency other than that I figured I'd start with the fact that I, I wasn't intending to get into this business I got into it by helping other people because I was just a nice guy I'm like hey I'll help you out I'll figure it out for you did you um, charge the lady obviously the the dentist that you were sitting in her chair did I do, do what the lady did you charge her oh yeah of yeah. course yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, again, I was doing consulting work. For me, it was just like, oh, I'll go figure it out because I was doing consulting work for, you know, anybody who would come to me. I'd say, okay, I'll, you know, what do you need stuff? Like, usually it was wireless phone related, but this happened to be marketing, and I was like, oh, certainly I can help you out. But, you know, I did the last gig I was at, um, I helped a, a company with their marketing that was in the wireless phone business, so I figured, I whatever, wireless dentist, what's the difference? It's a website. Yeah, right. So obviously so, that that went well. To kind of give us a sense of where you're where you're at today, like what's what's the yeah yeah yeah. So I was just telling you before. I think 
Yeah, we had a pretty good month this month. Um, we're going to end up around 80,000 this month, awesome. I would think. We're at 76,000 now. Um, how many clients that is? I don't know, probably 70 or 80, somewhere around there, I think. Nice. I don't really count the amount of clients, but it's got to be like that many. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, monthly recurring revenue, got that years in business. So I think if you really look when we started, it was really 2013. Um, that's when I said, okay, you know, after we, I did the dentist and then I did, you know, oh, this is kind of cool and I showed somebody and then they wanted the site and I showed somebody else and I went to some B&I meetings and, you know, all that kind of crap when you first start out when you have to kind of do the grunt work. Yeah. Um, and it just kind of grew, but um, really 2013 is when I think um, it was officially like I was making money and my wife wasn't on my case about, you know, paying bills and stuff because I could actually pay, the you know, some of the bills at that point. 2014, we got an office, and then, you know, it was kind of on its way. And now I'm kind of going the other direction, which is no office. So I'd love to talk about that. Well, I'm, I, I'm really excited uh, about hearing more about that part. So so 80, 80 grand a month puts you at a, at a seven-figure agency run rate. So massive congratulations. I know that's been a big aspiration of yours. Um, and you run yeah, this. Yeah, and we've done it before, though, remember. And I'll go through the loop-de-loop we did as well. Okay. Tell, tell, us, tell us about that. Yeah, so we really grew fast. Like when you're a good sales guy, I'll include myself on a, I'm a, a, on the scale of one to 10, I'm probably a good, you know, eight or nine as a salesperson. So I could basically really like cook through getting accounts and stuff like that. So we really grew fast. Like 2014, that's when I interviewed you was like end of 2013. The first mm-hmm. time like, I was like, I got to figure out what Josh is doing. Cause he's almost, he's at seven figures. Like that was when you were just breaking the barrier. Yep. Right. Yep. So, you know, that's when we went from a hundred thousand to three hundred thousand, then the next, you know, six hundred thousand. Like we grew wicked fast. Yeah, I can say that because I'm actually from Boston, so I can say wicked fast. You could say wicked, right? Um, yeah. Um, but so you were asking me about, um, you know, the loop de loop. So in 2015, we actually started to transition into white label um, marketing. Yeah. And we started taking on a lot of white label. Um, so we had built a team, you know, like anybody else, um, if you're smart in this business, you've got a team of offshore, right shore, left shore, how we want to shore it. You know, we've got an office in Mexico, we've got an office in Croatia, we've got, you know, we've got a, a we got people, good people. And so everybody loved us. They're like, hey, can you help us out? And in fact, we did white label for you probably for, I don't know, good six months building those plumbing sites. Yep, you did some sites anyway, work. So, yeah, yeah. And so... Um, we did that for a while, and in 2016, we actually even had an event, as you know, in Mexico, where we brought all our people down. We had, you know, a party. It was, oh, I can show you pictures, but this is family friendly. But, um, but anyways, the concept was that you know we we really kind of got to a point in 2016 where we already had hit 80,000, right? It was like crazy, and we were we had resellers, we had we had kind of two or three dozen resellers, we were doing 80,000 a month or more. And in May, um, when we got back from the trip, we kind of like, you know, got back into business. And at some point in 2016, things started to go kind of kablooey. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean kablooey, like it exploded. But it got really hard. Like it was like we, we kind of like bit off more than we could chew, I guess you could say. Okay. And what ended up happening was we had so many industries we were supporting. We were supporting and we were international. I mean, I, I was doing Mandarin SEO. So right? go figure that. Yeah. So we had we had reached the point where we were doing international, about every industry you could think of, um, 
We had, we had probably more clients in Australia than I think in the U.S. at some point. Anyways, the point was that we were really, really because the resellers were all over the world, so we were getting all these. So we stopped sort of thinking like, hey, you know, let's not be everybody's um, company. Let's really pick and choose the right label resellers that make sense for us. Let's start to wind down some of those relationships that don't make sense. And let's, let's start to hone in on, on medical because we had a lot of medical clients. Um, they weren't necessarily in the right niche, but we were going in that direction. So we decided at the end of 2016 that we would change our brand to match that. And we would change our brand to support the medical clients. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we then, we then in 2017 moved our brand. We renamed the company Practice Blue to just go after medical. Mm-hmm. Okay, sounds great. We were, we were working that brand. We clobbered that thing with SEO. We got that thing ranking. We were on our way. We were doing stuff. We have. I had the trade booth. I had the events. We were going crazy. We were getting leads, but nothing was closing. We couldn't figure out what the hell was going on. We're like, why is this happening? And the other thing is, we were running the, the customer boom brand, the main brand in the background, because we had so many legacy customers, mm-hmm. and so. We ended up saying, you know, the medical direction was right, but to have two brands and to start to morph to another brand was more trouble than it was worth. So we we basically somewhere around mid-2017 said, we've got to turn the ship and we've got to do it pretty quickly. So we basically stopped Practice Bloom in its tracks and said, let's take the medical idea and make it under customer group. Now, we are still today in this transition of moving the customer room brand itself. We don't even have our new website, it, although it's out there. Never get to it. There is a medical-based website behind the customer room that you see today. Mm. But um, we haven't launched it yet. We are, we are still, not that practice room is still around, but we are still just running with customer room as it is right now. And I'll tell you, the website, the marketing, all the stuff that we do for ourselves, is pale in comparison to the relationships that I've built over the last year in this sector to create the tailwinds that you're seeing if you've ever watched any of the stuff that I'm doing. Um, The real business is the relationships that are being created that are driving our sales, which are nothing to do with running, hey, we're a medical marketing website, come to our website. I don't even know if anybody cares at this junction. I think they more are interested in how can they get what their friend got and because that's what I see happening is that there is a lot of me tooisms going because people are starting to splinter. And this is the impact that you have as you go through the process of building an agency is that you, you, over time you build these relationships. So for most of the people who watched our change to practice room, they kind of ignored it. And it's funny because like they, they never even really resonated. And I think that's probably because we couldn't turn the you can't turn a ship fast enough in this space because there's so much luggage that's on these ships. I mean, we have, what, 75 reviews in Customer Bloom of five mm-hmm. stars on our whatever rule. Like, yeah. people just know us as that. So I think if I was to do this all over again, I would have said to myself, hey, you just need to take your original brand and just do medical marketing. And, and yeah, you can still do some, We still do some other stuff. So we're... We're sort of focused again in a couple of quadrants now. 
the, the wine label stuff, we still have some partners that work with us, and you know, we still get orders every every day or every week, and we we still have legacy customers of all types, and we still take a few customers here and there, uh, especially referrals. And then you know, again, about ninety percent of the stuff that we're coming on board now is all med spas because we niched from medical, right, into practice, med, you know, medical practices into med spots and that took a while to understand why but the reason is is because it's cash paid mm. and so we were doing chiros and we were doing spine doctors and we were doing audiologists and ear nose and throat people and blah 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 blah, blah on and on the challenge is when you start to do funnels for them it's all insurance based so it's kind of like a crapshoot you get somebody who comes in the funnel and they're like well yeah, they. We don't know. We, we'll see if how the insurance pays out. Like there are so many what ifs. Mm-hmm. Talk to the med spa guys. Are like, bring it on, back that up, back it up. Put as much as you can down these funnels because it's all cash. So I want right? to. I so want to. I want to drill down further on that. The the med spa and how you got to that niche and, uh, but so kind of progression wise, you were coffee. You you operated as coffee, media or coffee. Coffee, coffee group LLC is the actual name of the company okay bb day is, is customer customer bloom so you were you were that and then you were customer bloom and then you were focused on on white label then you were focused with practice bloom for a little bit on building medical and um, now you've just rebranded you're completely focused on customer bloom with a major emphasis on the on the the medical what really the the medical spots right yeah, in wellness centers, that's sort of all together. The the people who are doing what I would consider the work around either aesthetic marketing, which is you know beautifying face, body features, blah blah blah. Not necessarily practice pla- uh, practice surgery, but uh, or pra- uh, plastic surgery, but more like um, low level intensity, minimally invasive procedures that um, are a lot of them are repeatable and, and a lot of it is um, building uh, customer bases for these medical spas plus the fact that they also integrate a lot of these services now with wellness which would be either sexual wellness um, and that's a big seller today and, and the um, hormonal stuff and uh, anything related to just general and betterment. Okay. And this is really kind of an, a, a, an evolution of why we did this is because they're a lot happier. You have to realize when you're going in for back surgery and you're going to have your C5, L7 spine, you know, replaced with a metal piece. Of the, it's like, there's just so much depression in this. Mm. When I took Brian to go see a real live, like, spinal operation, and, and we were eating Ryan's one of his uh, one of his account management team guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was so funny. He's sitting next to me. I'm I'm shoving like face like fish in my face and watching this operation of blood and spine guts everywhere. And he's like he's like turning purple and green. And I'm like, dude, is this cool? <laughs> no, I gotta leave. <laughs> but the point was, when we moved out of that section of really kind of macabre stuff, anything that's broken and broken legs and broken ears and broken whatevers you know legs arms backs it's it just is not really cool but when you get into the men's block people are they're super happy like oh look at my just got this micro needling done and i'm looking 10 times younger 
everybody's happy. It's a very nice thing. Everyone's beautiful. All the pictures we do are beautiful. Everything's a very, very pleasant experience. So how do you um, how do you feel like you you landed on that from serving anybody? You know, it was a time when you had a bunch of HVAC clients. You had pretty much everybody you could get in New Jersey. Yeah. Um, we had a lot of plumbers, man. To, to medical, to now yeah. to now this aesthetics and and med spa. Talk, talk to us about how you how you kind of worked your way or whittled your way down to that. Um, I think we just had success, right? It came down to two things. Like, yes, we had success with the other people, but. But when we started to do med spas and we built our profit engines around the med spas, it was like we were making these guys like a hundred thousand bucks a weekend, and they're like, "Whatever you guys are doing, I want ten more." Mm-hmm. Like you know, they get it; they make lots of money. And for us, we don't have to fight. I mean, that's the whole thing. When you start to let go and you start to just do good work, don't worry about it. There's no sales process. There's just order process, and we're we're stuck now with the opposite problem. We're in the how do we fulfill this issue right now? And so I think it's an interesting, I think what ended up happening, and if you want to say like, how did we do the progression? It's like water runs downhill and whatever the easiest thing to do is, like how easy can I make my life? How so, much easier do I, can I get back to playing that? So when for you, it was, it was kind of like trying to position yourself, if you use a surfing analogy, trying to position yourself on a wave that's, you can get on the wave and, and, and ride it as opposed to trying to get above the surf to, to, you know, to if it's not working easy, find something that's going to be easier that, that will kind of carry you along the way. Yeah, I guess surfing is a weird way to put it because I get the idea of the wave, but I'm, I'm trying to say, like, what, how easier can I make my life? How can I work less and, and make more money? That's all I care about. How can I get onto that guitar as soon as possible? As soon as I get done with this interview, I've got an hour with that baby. Nice. So how do I do that? Right, and I, I think my whole point has been the med spas gave me an ability to get to the team. Like, hey, you guys know what to do. Like, I'm gonna go talk to a bunch of med spa coaches. I'm gonna throw over the fence like a bunch of, of leads that are pretty much closed. They just need to be told what to do, and you guys deal with it because I don't want to even talk to them after that. I basically once they're through me and they've said hello and they they like us and they they hear about us and I like, yep, we're good. We're look at these results. Look at the things we're doing. And they say, I want that. Then it goes to the team and then let them do the work. And then that's it. I don't want to do anything else. That's why I'm saying, like, I don't know if it's a wave. I think it's more like how much, how quickly can I get to doing nothing about work and go right back to playing guitar and having fun? Because I just don't want to. I mean, I think this is part of the issue with me that I've kind of, like, flipped. Like, you know that, if you guys watch the movie, that um, Office Space movie? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm that guy now. I'm the, I'm the guy who's like literally flipped. I've got like completely, I don't want to do anything except like nothing. And it's in reverse is happening. Like all the business is coming. Like as soon as I let go, everything happens. It's very freaky, hmm. but it's cool. I can't complain. Very, um, you know, very and it, cool. It's not that I don't do anything. I mean, busy as all hell, but I'm just saying like when I stopped trying to force things to happen and sort of just did good work, it all just ends up coming. And the, the least, you push, and the more you let go, the more it comes at you. That's all I can explain. It's a weird thing. It's a universe thing about this, apparently. Very, very cool. So let's talk a little bit about the services that you actually provide to your clients. Like, what, what is it that you're doing for these for these med spas specifically? Yeah, so this is kind of why we're being successful. So, you know, 
as we went through those transitions and we went through kind of the SEO world and we were reselling that and then we were you know, reselling paper services and we were reselling social media, blah, 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 blah. So we, we know all this stuff, like we get it. But, but to the customer, it, to me, it never really was a hard like sale to get them to come on as a client because they had to do it anyways. But when we started to think like, hey, what's the impact that we could have if we could really work closely with them to solve their general problems? And, and I kind of went through this and, and, and thought about this from a value statement. The value to a customer isn't necessarily what you're providing mechanically. Like, hey, I provide this SEO cool thing and I do this really cool, I do 12 posts a month on social media, and boy, you're gonna love that, blah, blah, blah. But what ends up happening is you gotta think like, what are the things that are really driving the behavior behind the mindset of a, especially a practitioner? Like, so you say, what are, what are the services I provide to the clients? I would say, what do we solve in the customer's head that they are thinking at night about, right? So what I would say is we do four things. If you want to say, what do, what do we solve as opposed to what, what services we like? First thing we do is we help them stop wasting money. Because a lot of the problems that we run into first when we get to see a client is their AdWords all, you know, pardon my friends, effed up. And they, they're they trying to do it themselves and they're just throwing money at really poor. And they usually have like an SEO program from India that they, they don't even know they're paying for. Like there's just a lot of waste. So the first thing we kind of think about is, is talking to them about, you know, what are you doing this for? Like what are your goals as a company and as a practitioner? A practitioner, are you looking to, to save money in your, oh, go, yes, of course I want to save money. Okay, so let's talk about what you're doing right. And we, we, we kind of go through understanding why they're doing what they're doing before we can get into like what we would want to provide as a service or any, you know, stuff. The second thing we can we can do as a, as a real thought process with them is go through what is their sort of mode. What, what are they trying to accomplish? And when I, when I talk about the mode, I'm thinking like, if I'm the practitioner, am I concerned about the welfare of the way that the patients are being held? Like to me, I think when I go talk to a, a doctor, I'm like, what's the process? What's my journey? So helping them think through the journey of the patient and helping them understand where the breakages are. And there's a lot of pieces, and especially if you've ever been to a medical clinic that's really busy, you know, they pick up the phone route, they do other things that, you know, they get to there, they make you fill out a form. It's like, how about we get all that stuff taken care of so then when they walk in, they're they're excited to be there or they're being handled. That would be awesome if you guys could do that. That's all the time we get is trying to figure out patient journeys and just and marking through that process. The next thing we help them with is we want to go to the sort of level I think that we, we all want them to think about is is the patient acquisition. So obviously we, the main thing that we get noted for is that we're well above average in patient acquisition per cost dollar volume. If you look at what we're doing in our models, we're really helping them with a lower cost per acquisition model uh, because of the efficiencies that we create with building all these sales funnels. So we can talk to them about the campaigns that they're running and we can talk to them about what their cost per leads are and when you start to talk to someone about what does it cost to bring in someone to get like a Botox or a uh, hair removal or any of the services, and, and you say, well, look, our average cost across all of our practitioners is, you know, $48 in Facebook and it's $38 in Google, whatever, we come up with some numbers that relate to their services. 
the concept of how they're going to fill their waiting room now becomes very interesting because now you can say, well, your spend is X, then we'll we'll know pretty much you know what you're going to get. So that that's a ease of mind feature that there's actually someone who knows the path, and I think that that's a real interesting service. The last thing I would say of the four things is that we are very creative, and we really started to do things that. I don't think anybody else is doing in the industry that is very unique and creates a big backfill to what the biggest challenge to these people have, which is following up. Mm. A lot of things happen and we can deliver a lot of patients and a lot of leads. Do they get followed up on and closed? Well, we don't know. To tell you the truth, we'll never know because it goes into the system and then it, you know, maybe they close them, maybe they don't. We, we don't really go past and we don't go and integrate into their um, records management tools at this point. Okay. So the best thing we can do is we can create very unique follow-up systems for them. So when someone hits their system from an email, a phone call, or whatever, we can listen to the phone call. We can give them tips. We can also set up video um, emails back to the client. So when the e when a customer comes on board or a patient gets in, they basically can then get on up, they can pick up their phone and say, hey, uh, thanks for coming to the practice and we're looking forward to seeing you and click a button on their phone and it goes out to the patient and again, follow up, follow up. And so we manage and monitor a lot of the follow up systems. So if you looked at the top down things, the services we provide are, are really inconsequential compared to the solutions we provide to the practitioner. And those are peace of mind. Someone's gonna figure this out and that they're making patient acquisition easy and keeping the follow-up process going. Got it. So, I mean, ultimately, you help them get new patients and you help them convert more of those those patients through what you do. Yeah, Logistic yeah for sure. And, 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 again, I think it's also a lot of these practitioners are very bad business people or persons, and, mm -hmm. and especially in the medical space, what you're going to find is ineptitude of everything except for their types of things that they do, which is procedures. Mm -hmm. So they're very, very one-sided. It's almost like where you walk into a place that has very little business acumen, but has great technical skills. Mm. You know, it's like uh, almost, like, you know, it's an idiot savant to a degree. And even the best ones that we work with don't have any interest in, in business stuff. They have all these people around them that do all their work. So that, they're only going to go and do their procedures and only going to go and do their stuff. And a very small handful have got a big, have got a decent business side, and usually those are the people that we're working with at a very high level that do really cool stuff, which is great. You know? So, but most of them are, are you know, plain Jane. So, so, I mean, is it worth spending a little time talking about how you package that, or um, like? Yeah, well, I was going to say it might be good for people to see that video to understand how that articulation works. I think that's a good idea. Let me pull that. Let me pull that up. I know I have it here. And hopefully this will show on my screen as I play it. it. Looks like it is. Profit engines by Customer Bloom are extremely effective funnel marketing campaigns designed to generate a constant flow of new leads and nurture them into sales for your business. Each profit engine starts with an offer that is distributed to targeted buckets of your potential customers via Facebook and Instagram ads, an email blast, as well as a pop-up notification on relevant pages of your website. The offer drives people to a landing page where they can claim the offer by entering their email and any other information you want to capture, such as their name and phone number. 
When someone claims an offer, they are tagged as a new lead, and the system automatically adds their email into your mailing list, so they'll receive notification of all your future offers moving forward. Once someone has become a new lead, your profit engine will begin to nurture them via a series of automated emails and text messages, encouraging them to redeem the offer they claimed by becoming a sale for your business. Once a lead becomes a sale, your profit engine will automatically stop the nurturing process to ensure that you're not annoying your new leads with too many notifications. This process of offer to lead to sale is what we call the ideal path to conversion. Your profit engine will generate lots of these, but in reality, not everyone is ready to buy so quickly. There are two points in the process where people fall off the path, but your profit engine understands this and is built to handle both situations. Let's back up to the landing page. Not everyone who sees an offer and views a landing page is ready to claim, but as soon as they view the landing page, your profit engine tags them with a tracking pixel and will begin showing them ads the next time they visit Facebook and Instagram encouraging to claim the offer. This is called retargeting, and studies have shown that people who are retargeted are 70% more likely to buy than someone who sees an offer only once. The second point of departure from the ideal path to conversion is between an offer claim and the redemption or sale. Again, your profit engine knows not to annoy people with too much encouragement when it comes to redeeming the claimed offer. So after a certain amount of time passes with no conversion, your profit engine will shift the lead into a new automation where the lead will begin to receive a new chain of emails that share information about your products or services, such as testimonials, case studies, and news articles. Each email also contains a call to action, again encouraging them to come back and redeem their offer. Once a lead becomes a sale, your profit engine will continue to work for you by reaching back out to the customer after a specified amount of time to ask them if they had a positive experience. If they say no, the system catches that feedback before it ever hits the open internet and sends it directly to you so you can follow up. If they respond with a yes, the system politely asks them to leave a review for you on your choice of social hubs such as your Google profile, Yelp, TripAdvisor, or any number of websites across a variety of industries. As you can see, profit engines are full circle marketing programs proven to work in almost every industry. And the best part is, they're fully transparent, as all of your leads and conversions are displayed in our beautiful reporting application available on both iOS and Android, giving you a full view of your marketing program in real time right in your pocket. Profit Engines by Customer Bloom, guaranteed to grow your business faster. That's awesome. So, I mean, that, that gives you a pretty good sense that you know, what you're doing is, is different than the typical, we build a website, we optimize it for search. You're coming up with campaigns, bundling it with retargeting, bundling it with the follow-up, um, which I think, I think is really, really cool. And obviously it's working based on the testimonials you've been putting out um, you know, from, the, from the actual medical practices saying, oh, I got this many patients and all business is great. Yeah, and again, you know, most of these clients look at this stuff and they go, great, that's shoots and ladders. Yay! They don't understand any of it. So that's why I was trying to say to you before, it's not about the services. It's about really what we try and impact with them is taking that thought at 2 a.m. in the morning, which is, did, did they follow up with those patients? 
where am I going to get the next patients? Who's doing the, like that whole story about who's going to help me think and build offers and do like who's going to do my push-ups, <laughs> right? And I think so. What ends up happening is that I think there's a trust level that ends up happening somewhere along the line of when we we engage with um, a competitor and the competitor is using us and they somebody else finds out or not a competitor a co-spirator co, co whatever we end up getting a lot of calls just by default referrals people just find it in fact we even had the ceo of active campaign oh wow um, yeah send us his neighbor yeah. which was this monster heating company like this driveway heating company and now we have them as a client i mean it's like if you do cool stuff and people recognize that you're you're trying to solve the bigger problem, which is not to talk about the services, but to talk about what emotionally you're driving at, which is we are trying to solve the 2 a.m. in the morning problem. And I think that that's what I'm trying to get at, which is that it's it's all built so that it works and you don't have to think about it. It's like it just runs and just creates leads. It's like it's working all the time. Mm -hmm. These profit engines build momentum and over time, you know, when you really start to see this stuff happen, the cost per lead is really what we end up talking about at the end of the day because one of the things with these profit engines is you, you still have to tune them. It's like an engine that's in a, um, a race car. Every week we go through each campaign for each of our customers and see if we can have a better impact on the price cost per lead, whether that's a you know, claim for an email or claim for a book or a patient or direct to, um, direct to calendar booking. So we're in there each week taking these engines apart and looking at the sales copy, looking at the way that the, the ad's structured and trying to get better cost per leads and trying to get more leads. So if we ever show what we really do in that type of format after this, I think we would blow people's mind on how far we are down the path and where we're starting to try and figure out a way to reward our staff on um, their ability to improve this stuff. And that's our next like level of articulation. That's that's awesome. So I mean, think the one takeaway for for you know you guys listening to this, watching this, is that Matt has come up with a very outside the box way of presenting this. He came up with a proprietary thing he calls the profit engines. Like he's not calling it a funnel. He's not calling it any of that stuff that you hear. Um, it's very unique to him. <clears throat> I think that makes it interesting to his prospects. And more importantly, he's not speaking in terms of the technical jargon, he's speaking in terms of, look, what are the challenges, right? What are what are your issues and how can we solve that? So I think those are some awesome, awesome insights, Matt. So can you talk a little bit about how you package this and price it? Are you, are you open to kind of talk sure. through that a little bit? Of course. Yeah. Um, so really, um, it's based off of funnels, right? And you guys got to I mean, that's kind of what we do. If you looked at that whole model, of the engines are how many profit engines do you want? So we basically have one, three, and five, right? Well, one funnel. One profit engine model, it's nine fifty. If you want three, it's seventeen fifty. And if you want five, it's twenty five hundred. And that's a monthly recurring, right? Yeah. Is there a yeah. setup fee associated with this, or is it you just jump right no. in it? No, but the good thing is, and this is what spooks people, is that we have a seventy two hour turnaround. Wow. So we turn up these things in seventy two hours, and that's why you see these emails. And within two days, people are like, you've done more in the last two days than the last company did in the last six months, right? 
because we turn them on because we run um, we run that we get the we have our own models meaning that a lot of the time when you're talking about MedSpot because we can reuse things as you guys know if you start to work on a niche so we can turn on call only ads and AdWords and we can turn on Facebook lead ads mm -hmm. right back and turn and start running um, because we know all the promotions and everything so we can just basically turn them on and these guys are super happy and they go right back to what they're doing they're like oh good it works and they could just like, go go back to their their work, you know, doing absolutely. the procedures and feel confident you're going to produce, right? What a feeling after you've signed an agreement that within three days you're getting leads. Yeah. I mean, there is nothing better to anybody than to feel that they've made a good business decision, vindicated, and now the trust factor comes in where we can do other things. I mean, we, of course, we have add-ons. I mean, you can add on, hey, you want your super duper SEO package? Great, we have that. Or you want to add on video or you want to add on you know super high-end blog posting and social we have all that stuff too it's just it doesn't like who gives a shit it doesn't work unless it's in our funnel because the funnel is driving the leads the other stuff is sort of peripheral mm -hmm. and i think that when you start to think like what is going to drive the right behavior for the client to trust you you've got to stand up and say all that stuff's great that you talked about and that all you've heard about seo and websites and blah 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 what if I said all that stuff didn't exist and I can just start to deliver you patients are you okay with that of course you are right exactly get started with, with driving you leads like you know all the rest of that stuff's great and websites and beautiful girls and websites we'll get to that we'll get to that but how about we start with leads first okay yeah do that first that's a big story that a lot of people miss which is that the, the clients themselves are, are being sold sort of in different ways. Some are being sold for the website, some are being sold for this, some are, but, the, but if you're smart about it, you can basically get people to trust you as soon as you start delivering. Because that's what people want to see is they want to see like the real stuff happening. The quicker you get to the first lead, the faster things go for you. That's what I've found. No doubt, that, that's awesome. So I guess probably a couple logistic questions people might have um, on sure. these campaigns. The, this, the ad spend, so you're running lead ads, you're running uh, pay-per-click, uh, mm -hmm. are, are they are they obviously paying for the spend? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and again, since we kind of know the spend and the cost per lead in the channels, mm -hmm. we can tell them, hey, if you're running hair removal in the New York City area, in Facebook we're tending to see it be 15 bucks a lead for an email and $38 a lead for uh, pay-per-click. Okay. Like, uh, we can give them some real numbers and say, how many, you know, what do you want to do? I would suggest start with, you know, a thousand bucks and you'll be really busy, you know, or, or whatever, 25 bucks a day or, you know, a number. Most of these practitioners understand that they have to pay, you know, Facebook and, and Google. Uh, there are some that come aboard that are newbies that need to, you know, have some, you know, uh, still some that need some <laughs> straightening out. But yeah, because, you know, I mean, it's just people get it. I mean, the value, though. And this is one of the things we all have to figure out. And I'm not through it yet either, which is what are you making these people mm -hmm. for money? You know, and, and we think that we're way below market value and that we're really underselling ourselves. And I know we are, but we've got to come up with like the whole model that we can say, this is how much you're going to make and this is how much we charge and this is how much, you know, over a period of year you're going to make. Like if you could think about the fact that maybe someone off of your services are they're making maybe a million dollars a year which we see very easily with some of our clients and you're charging a couple grand a month i mean there's got to be something where you can go back and say hey 
look, our value is a lot higher than I think what, what we've presented ourselves, and we really need to be at like you know a real number. And I know that you know in talking with Jimmy and and in his you know world where he charges like a lot for a website. You're talking about Jimmy Jimmy Nicholas from Jimmy Marketing, by the way. Yeah, he was yeah, interviewed yeah, recently. And, and I've been talking to him like, how are you getting $20,000 for a website? Like, I can't even have that discussion with someone because they would start going, what? <laughs> but the whole value discussion needs to happen. And we're not mature enough at this point to really have had that integration. We're now hitting our stride. We literally, the wheels are finally off the ground, I think, for us as a company because we've decided the niche, the niche. We've mm-hmm. gone to medical, then we've gone another layer. And now we've got, and it took a while. I mean, I was the most, believe me, I was pushing this as hard as I could have I'm not doing niche, I don't need a niche, blah, blah, blah. But what ends up happening is that I still needed to do that thing. And so if I want to play guitar, I have to make things simple. And, you know, that's the key is like, I'm trying to figure out how do I just make more, do less. Yeah. How many hours can I spend writing songs? And as I told you for, before, my whole goal is to be able to go to a bar and go to the jukebox and get my song on that jukebox planet. Now, you know, it's going to take a while, and I've got a lot of stuff to do, but I've got the right connections and things are going to happen, but, you know, that's not going to happen if I'm trying to do every single niche and try to solve everybody's problem yeah. and change everybody's diaper all at once. You know, it never works. So niche to niche and then figure out the most effective way to deliver and then let the customers come to you and it all starts to make sense and get your team able to take orders and do the things that they need to do in order to be successful. And those are things I'm working through. I mean, as you know, when you grew past the seven figures, it's about team now. It's mm-hmm. about who am I going to put on that's going to have half a brain in their head that can show up. And yeah. that's really difficult. It's not it's not a lot of us out there that actually can do this business. It's, it's really fraught with a lot of people who say they can do stuff. But then when you ask him like one layer back, it's like, you know, there's nothing there. And I think that's where, you know, this is the whole sort of next level for a lot of people is that framework of what are they going to do to take their next step in the evolution of their business to make their life better. I mean, that's the one thing that, you know, I end up kind of crushing myself every once in a while with a day that's going to be like seven to seven where I just know it's going to be rough because this is so much to fulfill. And there's so many things that I know on my plate are not real high value level things, but no one else is around to do them because we didn't hire that person yet. So I so, want—I just want to jump in real quick. So there was a, a critical insight that that Matt just shared, and you know, I, I, he was the guy that had companies in every sing, single different vertical, every single different niche, and was really good at it. Like he could sell the heck out of it. But the critical insight there was the scalable factor, the the ability to. to to get it done without going crazy or like really just not being able to facilitate it. Because when you have tons of clients in different spaces, you're reinventing the wheel every single time. And so he's finally just really focused in on this medical medical um, spa niche. And he's got the yeah. systems, he's got the procedures, he's got the funnels, he's got the ability to get customers coming to him, put it into the top of his process and know that it's gonna get done well so he can just keep growing without having to do a lot more work on his end. I thought that was a really critical insight. Yeah, and Josh, I know the look. I'm not that far removed. I'm. I get it. You need to eat. 
and uh, people are saying scratching the head, but you know, but but my niche, I don't know, or I try to niche, or I, I I just have to take business on, and I have, I get it, and I would say you're gonna have to still take on business because you have to pay your bills. I get it. I've been there for the last three years. I had to kind of, but what? But the quicker that you try and focus your attention. And again, we're still taking on other niches. I mean, we're sticking, taking on other customers too. It's not like I kick anybody out and say, you can't come in. But I'm very selective. Mm. And people who can come in, I'm like, dude, 2500 bucks, or I, I really don't have time for you. I mean, but that took a while to get there. So I get it. So I know what people are going through in their journey. And I've been trying to talk about that, you know, when I've been doing these seven-figure journey, you know, uh, posts is to, to, you know, to spend the time to think about, like, what you're doing and have the patience to, to really deliver excellence in one area. And it will grow on its own. And that's what happened to us. I had no indication. It's not like I was, like, woke up one day and said, I'm going to do med spa marketing because I like chicks, man. That was nothing to do with it. All that happened was we did good work. And it just, we're like, yeah, that was easy. Let's do that. Let's do that more. So you might don't don't force your niche. So if you say, "Hey, I I used to be a basketball player, and I'm going to go and do the basketball niche because I know basketball," I'm telling you, I don't think niches are made. I think niches are just they're driven upon your success and how well you can operate um, and how well you perform. And it might be something that you completely didn't think about. I mean, I would think I would be in the music niche. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we do a bunch of festivals and we do artists and we do that work and we do amp manufacturing. But there's, I don't, I have any passion for it because there's no money in it. I mean, it's like, it just doesn't make sense to me. I, I love the business. I love being in it. I'm all about it. You think, well, why not go after more music people? You're a guitar guy. Go after guitar companies and, and music. And, and it doesn't work because I can't perform in that space because there's no, there's no velocity. It's right. not meant for us. It's meant for a different engagement. No, I'm not saying I kick those people away. I'm just saying I think if you're smart about it, you go for high ticket items and cash businesses. And yeah. then you're you're okay. So let's let's do a quick shift because we spent a lot of time on just getting to the part about what you do for your clients, which I think has been awesome because you've got a really unique approach. Uh, just this month you've landed nine clients. Uh, it's it's tremendous velocity. But now I want to yeah. shift to, to something that a lot of people um, you know that are getting started or asking and what they're probably thinking is well that's great but how did you get your first five clients in the med spa space like how did you get to that first 5k uh well it, it just basically came by the fact that you know one of the things that if you're smart in this business and you do actually have reputation i made sure that every single client that we worked with filled out a google you know thing or facebook thing, like you know, I basically said, you got to go, you know, you like this, but so we just have this reputation in New Jersey. Like we have like the most of all the agencies, we have the most amount of people that have given us recommendations in mm-hmm. Google and in Facebook. And so when someone looks online, they just sort of like go, okay, there's one that has three stars, one that has five stars. One that has... This guy has a 75 reviews. What the hell? They must be some monster company. No, it's just me in my basement. So. <laughs> Um, the question becomes, if you can start to do that, you're going to get sales from people who are going to want to use you. And they may not pick you. They may just call you and bullshit you. But 
one of the things they'll do is they'll at least give you a chance. Mm. So one of these med spas, one of the larger med spas in um, Summit, New Jersey, called me up and said, hey, you know, our last company, I don't know what's going on with them, but they're a mess. And the first thing that he wanted me to do was just basically, like, just give them an audit. Like, what is they, what are they doing? So we did a video audit. And he said, okay, great, can you guys just help me out first? I think they screwed up our website, so we you know, we rebuilt all the SEO on the website, and he started to get some more traction, and he's like, okay, well, let's do this, you know, let's just, maybe you guys can do the AdWords for me, let's do the AdWords, that we did. and then we started the funnel marketing, then we're doing, like every, now it's like every other month there's something new. But the concept was that was the first guy, and so, you know, he spends now five grand a month with us. Nice. Um, yeah, and so, but then, you know, he, his, he told his buddy, and, you know, so the next town over, New Providence, so we went to those guys, and, you know, they're the same thing, you know, I don't know what we're doing, blah, blah, blah. So we started with them, and then um, we started to basically um, have other med spas just kind of come in. I mean, if you say, what were my first five clients in general, or just the first five I, I think, spas? I mean, I think I'm more interested. How did you get the first five that were in the med spa? Because we're talking about English yeah, so, niche okay, that's what I'm saying, like, like, like the, he did good work, and his he gave his competitor our information, wow. which is odd. Yeah, it is right because cause it's like that's the next town over. He's like, yeah, but there's plenty of business. I'm like, I guess I didn't know this market, but I didn't really realize it. And this is one of the things that you could probably think about if you're picking a niche. How many of these places are you going after in your town, in the next town, in the whole area? And I started to realize. Holy crap! There's a lot of these places. Like, cause I'm not. A, I could. I would never go to a med spa. I didn't even know like what one was right. until this guy called me. Like, med spa? Tells that. Right. Talks. Like I knew what I heard about it, but I'm like, what does it mean? But now I'm like, man, these girls walk into these places with their yoga pants and they're walking in, getting their faces done, and blah blah blah. This is the. This is the income of all the gentlemen that have got nice houses in New Jersey. They give it to their wives, and their wives go right into the med spas and spend thousands of dollars. And it's just crazy how much money is being spent in these places. When we lit these guys up for a weekend with like a, a Black Friday special, and we watched the the gift certificates come in after we ran a campaign, the guy made sixty eight thousand dollars in gift certificate sales in three days. I'm like, wow. what's going on? What am I in this business for? What am I doing this agency? I should be doing one of these med spas. So the next. So he had his friend on, and then we had another company that was a Cairo that they added med spa stuff to their services, so we added them. Uh, the next med spa we had came in from a coach that was following my podcast, and she was like, oh, yeah, this person needs help. And then um, the next one, I don't know. I mean, they all started to follow. Then that all starts to kind of come into, like, view when we are like, all the referrals are coming in from some of the activity that's just out there that we've done a lot of q and I've probably done about 100 podcasts. I mean, it just people just find us now. And it's, it's interesting. You know, you never you think like this stuff's going to end, but it never does. It's like it's just someone shows up every single day somehow. Hmm. They find us. They listen to us. So I'd say the first four were really just like one guy. And he told his friends. And then we had another client that was a med spa that turned into a med spa that we started to get coaching people who coach med spots started to come forward because they need to keep their clients happy and they're like solving their problems by you know addressing who, who they could get to help them out so so for you so it's for you it sounds like you got one got a really good results 
you didn't proactively do anything necessarily to say, let's join the Med Spa Association, let's get a no. Med Spa email list. No, I didn't care. I was busy doing whatever. I was mm -hmm. just like, we were just being an agency. Like, whatever, take everything. And this was back about 2000 and, you know, about 2016, at the end of 2016. Okay. And then it really progressed from there. Now, we had been doing a lot of, we had actually gone in. Remember I said medical? We were really heading towards spine surgeons mm -hmm. because we had, like, I think we had five or six at some point where we were like, wow. Like, because we were getting good results for them, too. Yeah. But, and then we still do spine surgeons. They, they love us because, I don't know, we just know the business. I, like, know all the terminology. So when I speak to someone, they're like, man, you guys, you know what you're talking about. Yeah. They, people like that. People really like that. So let's talk about how you market today. Let's let's kind of drill it down into the you know right now you landed nine med spas in the last thirty days. Let's talk about what well, you they did. They weren't all med spas. Okay. So let me explain that. Okay. So yes, we've had a very busy March. Um, February was kind of dead, I think, because I was going out at TNC, so okay. there really wasn't anybody driving the ship. Mm. So. What ended up happening was, I think we had a lot of bottled up um, sales uh, that were ready okay. because the day before I went to TNC, we did a um, presentation for three dozen doctors. So mm. I think that's really where the whole thing starts. And so this is, you know, I'm trying to be as helpful as possible in helping you guys understand that the, the real business of all this stuff is finding relationships that are going to have an impact because if you go one to one to one to one man is it hard but like so we took our best spa guy and he basically started a training facility for med spots okay and we, we do the marketing component or we've we've done you know i did the marketing component of their training facility so they had you know how to do injections how to Find a property, how to name your business, how to get insurance, how blah, 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 right? So we had a bunch of doctors come to this event, and I did the marketing, and no one signed up at the event. I was very poorly planned. You were disappointed. Um, I was like, no, i I just saying, like, I was not ready to deal with this. Ah, okay. like, I basically got thrown into this at the last moment, like, yeah, come and do this. I'm like, of course. And we had like two days to prepare and I, I put together a, a bunch of slides and it was okay but like you know people were like never and they were good to did discussions but nothing happened but about a week or two later they all came around because now they all got their stuff set up and they got their licenses and did this stuff and now they go what do we do next and they're mm. like well you need a website <laughs> and you need some marketing so now we're getting all those calls so it was more like I was just there to be the dude who they know. So those are, I think, probably five of the nine that came in this month, which were the people that came from that event. So it was just uh, uh, being with an influencer, getting on stage for you has been a big lever to drive new um, new clients. Yeah, and again, I'm I'm trying to say it didn't happen at the show, meaning that right. when we when we did the event, it. I think it was more about me. It's not like I went to the back of the room and people were like lined up. Oh, when can I get started? Right. It's more about just hey, you know, we're here when you need. I wasn't like prepared to like have a discussion about pricing or anything. We didn't even have really like that discussion. We were just like, hey, here's the stuff that. And you know, if you need us, um, the only thing we did at the end was say, if you want a website, we'll give you five hundred dollars off the website. 
which turned out to bring two sales in, which I was like, I knew that would work. People mm-hmm. love that little five hundred dollar kicker, and it's we still got a sale yesterday from that, which was funny. Nice. Uh, like, yeah. And by the way, after they negotiated with him, they said, and we have a $500 discount. And, the, and my my ops manager was like, son of a gun. <laughs> these people pull that at the end of negotiating these website prices. And I'm like, I told them to do it in the show. So I said, call up our office and whittle my guy down to nothing. And then tell him I got CEO CEO discount. <laughs> so, so it's not, I mean, what, I mean, what other marketing do you do or are you planning to do? To, to grow within this yeah. med spa space. So, right. So, so we don't do any cold calling. I don't do any direct mail. Um, we don't do any email marketing. I don't really do any SEO anymore. Um, I I would love to do Facebook ads. We just don't have time for it. Um, trade shows. I I uh, I don't want to do trade shows anymore. I just I'm not interested. Um, speaking. I am very interested in speaking. So I will go anywhere to speak. Um, so yes. That I will speak and be part of anybody's stuff. Um, webinars, I tried one um, a couple of weeks ago, and I, I promised myself I would do one, and um, it was okay. I mean, we had like thirty-five people on, That's and um, I think the real. I, get, I keep going back to the same thing. This all this other. It's pretty much all just to me a waste of time. I, the only thing that makes sense is connecting with influencers and starting to be part of their world and just basically be their go-to person. Because that's where we're getting all the sales from. I mean, I don't have to throw a bunch of, I would actually like to do some AdWords for some stuff, but I don't really have to throw a lot of money into the physical world that you know we sell to our customers. It's more about how quickly can we get attached to someone who has an influential market of a lot of downline that we can go in and basically say, look, we're, your buddies trust us, you gotta use us. And that's it, and pay off the guy. Because that's how it all works. Is that, you know, you're gonna have to get an influencer on board by basically giving them something. You can't, they're not gonna just be that nice to you for no reason. You have to come up with a plan. So we're in discussions now with some very interesting people. And, um, you know, saying, look, we'll work with you if there's a way for us to integrate, um, you know, our services into your structure you know, we'll we'll cut you a percentage or we'll do something. I mean, we have a lot of these are in initial discussions, but you know, and this isn't all the time. But I'm saying, if you want to have a huge impact and do what what we want to do, which is we want to go to big places with lots of people and say, dude, get us hooked up in your stream and we will get you compensated. I mean, to me, it's very very much the real world, which is it all is mechanics. So if somebody knows, if I go talk to that doctor and I know I'm getting paid whatever, $1,000 for that discussion, I'm going to have it. And that's where you're not selling. You're basically just bridging trust. And yeah. that bridge of trust now goes right away. It, there's no sales process. It's just like, oh, yeah, I was talking to so-and-so and they said I had to use it. So, so basically you're doubled down on influencer marketing, finding the, yep. the consultants, the coaches, that are really influential in the space that these these the end customers you want to deal with look to trust learn from get those guys to recommend you and and you're good really just your whole motto of simplify make it as as simple as as easy as possible that you can do what you really want to do which is play the guitar and hang out um, sounds like it's working well so I mean it sounds like it's a good play Kind of similar yeah, to what I'm, Jimmy has done with Dr. Burleson, right? He got one one really influential doctor 
in the niche. And most of his clients came from that one strategic relationship, right? Yeah. Well, and, and that was funny because I think when we kind of had our first discussion, it was so parallel. It was like, holy crap, like, wow, we're, we're like going after the same exact strategy, which is that I was trying to do influencer marketing and really start to drive the behavior, you know, down that path of like, how do we, how do we manage that process? Because that means that I need to get out of the way, right? So, mm-hmm. it's the, and that's why I was saying before, like the quicker that we get me out of the day-to-day stuff, and just get me in front of people and talking and telling our story. As I said, I think we have really cool stuff. It's just hard to get it in front of people. And if you're trying to do it one to one to one, everybody has to listen and go through this procedure and blah, blah, blah. Why not just go after the influencer, get him like paid off so that he'll, or not paid off, but you know, get him engaged into a model where he wants to talk about it because he believes in it and he's getting some uh, remuneration for it. Now you're starting to look at your exponential growth by default of a trust bridge that's already been built before you. So you don't have to build every story, every piece of trust. You have to build the relationship and get those engagements built. Awesome. All right, so we're getting to the hour point. This has been this has been fantastic. I do want to shift into how you get the work done, right? So you get nine new clients this month. You get eighty thousand dollars in monthly recurring. There's funnels that have to be set up. There's things. It sounds like I'm looking at your at your office. You told me you're working from a home office. Your team is completely virtual. Talk to me about yeah. that and how that works in the real world. Yeah, the real world, as opposed to the virtual world. Right. With my grin all day. <laughs> um, so, um, how do I, how do I explain this? Um, our business is unique in a way that we're actually based out of Mexico. If you look at it. Um, our operations are in Puerto Vallarta in an office that is right on the ocean. And yes, I go down there. And yes, we hang out. And yes, you can see the ocean right from the hammock you sink, you swing in as you do your work. That's very cool. Yeah, it is. I can show people pictures of so you can add it to the link. But I will. But the whole point the whole point was, you know, when I thought about building this agency, you know, I thought, okay, I'm building an office. Lots of people there and work cool, like our friends, and we'll just hang out. And it'll be like, oh, there'll be like a, a hockey thing there, and they'll, the hockey thing, whatever the, the spooge ball, whatever yeah. <laughs> that, right? And we'll, we'll have, uh, you know, we'll have dinners and lunches, and it'll be all like buddy buddies. So, you know, when I first did that, when I first got started, I, you know, I got an office space, and, and we started to get down that path. I put people in the office, I had a bunch of people there. But, you know, over time, I kind of felt like it was pointless because at at, at my, you know, my very core, I want to spend as much time with my kids and and music and do stuff that I want to do. So why drive to an office and why have this, you know, stuff built around me? But one of the things that happened to me, which was maybe, um, I think the best thing was that when I started uh, my operations manager who was located in Puerto Vallarta and he came aboard as just a virtual worker you know we had lots of conversation about you know how do we grow the business and and so he you know he said you know there's a space we can get space down here we can bring in lower cost um, American people again my people in Mexico are all expatriates they're all Phillies fans that <laughs> lived in that area that moved out I don't know, married 
into those uh, beautiful Mexican women and families. But anyway, so so they're down there, and so we've eventually just basically got a big space and turned it into a co-location facility. And we had ties to the Mexican uh, telephone company because of the relationship we had down there. So we actually have fiber. And we're like one of the only facilities down there that had in Puerto Vallarta that has an air-conditioned lit building. Hmm. And we actually provide uh, Wi-Fi to the communities um, that are up and down the coast via uh, microwave. So anyways, long story short, we were lucky enough to build a facility down there that can host a house with like 20 or 25 people. So we, we were able to expand our um, ability uh, in that space. And the other side of the world, in Croatia, where a lot of our other people work, we basically hooked up with some very smart engineering students and have them run development. And uh, we've expanded our territory in that space to include um, you know, American, not American writers, but to, to work with us uh, on all of the uh, development and design of English and um, writing, uh, SEO, and all the things that they mechanically do very well. As far as the U.S., it's really our people are, are in different spots of the U.S., but that's our account management team where we still have account management in the U.S. So all of this stuff gets done basically from here, from a sales and account management in the U.S., get sent down to operations in Mexico to get the work out to the team and the Croatia's and we have a couple of guys in other parts of the country but really that's the, the main thing we have about 16 people I think now 15 or 16 and we're really looking for now you know people who can work those profit ends. we need people to build it and that's our next hire is a Mr. Profit nice so so it sounds like uh, account management and sales in the United States working from home offices um, operational support in Mexico, out of out of that office, and it's mostly Americans that live in, in that area in Mexico, um, and then some some inter, other internationals for web development and things like that. Um, logistically, is it is it uh, like one central operations manager that kind of manages that offshore team, or how do you how do you break that down? Yeah, so um, you know Chase is is my operations VP. And he's sort of the top level guy and he's in Mexico and he takes care of the um, general operations, but Jerry, his partner down there, or his not partner as a partner, but his buddy, um, who is like, you know, like the, the next level down, uh, manages all the development team. Um, and we've got a, a guy up in this neck of the woods up in uh, the New Jersey area that manages like the general sort of like onboarding stuff for, for clients that come aboard. And then, you know, Ryan is the account manager and he sort of manages the, the accounts. And then um, I think if you're looking from a top-down hierarchy, we have a pay-per-click expert, we have a social media expert, we have... Um, you know, at the SEO guys, uh, depending on what needs to be done, and writers and stuff like that, that are all part of that infrastructure. I, you know, I could probably draw it out for you if you wanted me to, but you know, top level really chases the one who kind of directs traffic, and then below that's Jerry, and and that kind of goes from there. But you know, the real thing is, we what needs to happen next? As you know, we need to have the constructional aspects to scale, and that's probably going to be more people who are a little bit further down the pipeline with being able to build funnels and I, mm. that's why we're really looking at our next hire to be someone who's a little bit more articulate 
in understanding like funnel matrices and how to um, do really more um, more than what we can even do today, which I, we've got some very um, aggressive plans to build out even more really cool um, articulation in these profit engines so that they have other parts to them that um, impact the customer by delivering more um, sort of keeping them away from everything, like just trying to get right onto their schedule, right from customer looking at an ad to booked into their calendar, like without them having to even talk to anybody. So we're trying to figure out all those little pieces and then get some really cool stuff that, you know, we we're working on that hopefully is, you know, our next level of our, uh, so next time you see this presentation, there'll be like two other pieces that will really be interesting. Nice. And I mean, if nothing else, well, I mean, amazing that you're able to run a, a million dollar agency with a completely virtual team with people working out of their homes. And uh, it's just another testament to the fact that it can be done and the profitability obviously in that type of model is gonna be significantly greater than if you have to pay rent and, and, and cover all of that stuff. So so thanks for sharing yeah, that. I, I think so. <laughs> I, I think, you know, what the other thing is, is that, I, I, again, I'm gonna go back to what I first said to you, which is that how can I get on the jukebox? Like, yep. I, I really, I think people have to think less about like, hey, how much profitability? And I got 30%, you got 28, I got 12. I'm like, I want more time for my kids and that. That's my other kid. And for those of you that are listening, he's pointing to his guitar because he's really passionate about the guitar. He is a uh, not just an agency owner, but really more an aspiring rock star, right? Yeah, what was nice, I mean, we got to warm up for George Thorogood. Um, last year which was fun that was the first time i've been on a stage that was like when you walked out it was like a roller coaster ride you like looked over the stage like oh my god this is huge <laughs> and now uh this year we're you know we're we're gonna warm up for fog hat and and uh the outlaws in a couple of uh, months and or a couple of weeks and then you know i don't want to get into the studio I, the, the the stuff's cool but to me like i want to get the songs that i've been writing you know published and, and done by real people so it was you know it's really cool working with um scott sherrard from greg allman's band you know greg passed away last year and now he's been available to work with and he's an amazing producer and, and he's going to help us get out and i'm you know more excited about the time that i can get back in my life than i am about any of this agency business and i I, it's, it's super important, and I'm not not lowering the like. It's, yes, and everybody on this call, do you uh, do your best to do your best? But think about this, you know, the path that you're going, and make sure you have time for life. Because yeah, and, and a business, year. a business is a is an avenue to get what you really want out of life, right? It's not it's not your life, the business itself. Yeah, for sure. And it's funny, like, there's that fisherman story. It was like, oh, yeah, like, the, the guy from the, the corporate America, million-dollar man, whatever, lots of money, goes to some fishing village in India or whatever, and he, he sees a fisherman. He's like, he's like, oh, if I could just have the time to be <laughs> that fisherman. And the fisherman's like, why don't you just do it? Right. So, you know, like, you have enough money. What do you have, what do you have to worry about? And I think we all get caught up in the matrix, which is like, you know, what are we trying to prove? What are we trying to do? Are you trying to be like this huge, like $10 bazillion business? Or are you trying to, you know, get to just go fishing? And, you know, I don't know. I mean, to me, I'm, I'm, I'm at that point where I've flipped the switch. I'm that guy who's at the, uh, the office space movie who, you know, got somehow transfixed into like, how do I 
um, make more and do less. Mm. And so that's an interesting paradigm. It's a paradox because we think we have to work more to do more, but maybe it's more like just do the right things and um, the stuff will show up and then you can do less work and more play stuff like that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I mean, great, great stuff. As we kind of bring this to a close, you know, just, you know, I think it's always great to know what people have done in order to get to where they're at, what kind of thinking they've done. Obviously, tell us a little bit about some of the, the books, trainings, organizations that have had the biggest impact on you and kind of the way you think and the success that you're at today. Well, I will tell you that the seven-figure agency is probably the number one thing because I started back when it was the first iteration, right? And way back when, when Josh, you and I were in a mastermind, right? It was you, me, Mike. Uh, who else was in it? I think Scott Gallagher uh, was in there. Scott um, was in it. Yeah. Like, just masterminds and being around the right people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could tell you that, yes, I read lots of books. And, you know, I mentioned this this Value Merchants. This is a book I'm reading right now. This is about how to bring your value up and get your value proposition started. I, yeah, I've got books galore. I've read probably more books. My, my kids think I'm like some kind of like librarian or something. I've got books, <laughs> piles of books everywhere. Right. But, but it's really just people you hang around with and you're going to have to pay for access to these people sometimes and mm-hmm. you know when we first got on Masterminds Josh I mean the conversations we had were great it was like we were just all trying to learn from each other and, and that's it that's the biggest impact with bar none it's being around the good people that's what I'm saying like you starting then in that Mastermind group and then creating this group I mean how many times have we seen so many people who have gotten that aha moment like they have to be around the people that can in, get them involved in knowing that they're like look we did nine new accounts this month so far I probably end up with over ten nice how did we get there it, it, it just was it's timing it's it's everything it's not like you figure it out in one day but what ends up happening is I've been around so many people I'm like how are these people doing this mm-hmm. and I keep asking you questions and Josh I've asked Jimmy, a million questions, and I and I'm now with you know James Shramko uh, in his group now, and asking the people in Silver Circle like, what are they doing, and how are they doing it? You just got to get around those people because if you hang around with lower level people, it, it, you'll never get the questions answered because they don't know, yeah. and and they're never going to tell you the right way. You got to find people in this in model. Absolutely, great, great, great point. Very well said. And so I guess what would you say to that digital marketing agency owner that's, that's trying to get to the next level, whether that's their first 10 grand a month in recurring or that first half a million? I remember those days. What, yeah, what hey, would you I say? Remember, what would I say to them? Yeah. Be patient. Um, it, it, it's, it's, not, it's not today. It's next year. It's the five-year plan. I mean, I know people like, I don't want to do three-year, five-year planning when you're <laughs> – but I, I think you have to think like when I was doing when I was at ten grand and I've actually documented a lot of this, which is cool. So I have like books of days of me writing in my journal, like, oh, you know, oh this is hard day, this is hard day. Now the discussions are like hiring and all the stuff that now next level, but I would say be patient and let things happen and don't force things to happen. That to me has been my biggest learning lesson is that just be cool. Like it's like, like this whole world is about like dating the world. It's like you don't go up and like put your arm around the world and start squeezing and kissing her. 
let the world come to you and be cool and do good stuff. Just do good work. And that's it. Like, and be cool and just say, hey, I got this great stuff. I mean, it's like the best restaurants in New Jersey, the restaurants that I know of. I've never seen them advertise. But the place is packed. Why? Because they have the best food. Mm. Right? So just think about that. Just do the best. Work on being the best that you can do. Like, work on being the best possible you. And that's it. Work on yourself, not on the world around you. Awesome. Well, man, I mean, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for sharing kind of, you know, how you got to where you're at, how you chose your niche, how you, you know, got those first handful of clients, what you're doing to get customers today, kind of what your thought process is and where you're trying to go. Um, you've been tremendously generous. Uh, one of the cool things that I've been following and I think, you know, is really cool is this seven-figure journey that you're on. And um, you know, tell us a little bit about what that is and how people can get more involved in what you're up to yeah. and, and that whole process. Yeah, so I mean, on Facebook, I've got that um, seven-figure journey. Um, just go look for it. I mean, if you just type in seven-figure journey, it should pop up. Or if not, just hit me up or Josh up with me. email. I can't figure it out. But I think the link's here anyways. I've got it up on the and screen. I, it's, it's If you search in Facebook groups, seven-figure journey, uh, you'll see Matt's face in the image that's up on, on, on the screen right now. Yeah, yeah. Again, this is new for me. I just figured out. I don't really like, it's not like I'm pitching anything or like I don't really have any like business plan. Like, ooh, I could make money. I don't really care about it. I mean, if people need help, I could certainly, you know, I get them on a coaching call and help them out. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I just started to really think that this would be cool to like go through the process because this, this, you know, this is like the big thing for me. It's like popping my cherry. I'm like, I'm going to make a million dollars. Finally, revenue. Yay. Gives <laughs> a crap, really. I mean, right. it really got the profit, but I'm not going to talk about that. That's that's a battle in itself. You yeah. know, how, how we're ending up with profit because that is all another discussion, which would be um, probably the next level for me, which is how do we get a million dollars in profit? Right. Now you're talking. Mm -hmm. But really, the, the revenue, I mean, obviously, you can make a pretty good living if you're doing a million in revenue, or you should be able to. Um, and, and every couple of weeks, I put a new episode up. I was trying to do it weekly, but I, I kind of throttled it back a little bit because there's not enough really to, I think, report in a weekly basis. I've been able to do sort of like every other week or so and go through a couple of weeks of activity. But one of the things I've been doing, and this is why I think it's important, is is getting the um, numbers up so you guys can see what's actually happening. And that's what this uh, link is. It goes to my planning sheet that I use. And a lot of people have asked me for this planning sheet. So just go to the, join the group, and the, I've got it pinned to the top. So if you want this seven-figure or the 12-week planning, which is basically quarterly planning to allow you to get all of your, what I call the, I guess the, the, the tailwinds and the headwinds, or if you want to call them, you know, the, the, the things that really make the business work, which are the things that you're doing, whether it's blog posting or, or podcasting or whatever things that you end up doing. And I, I spec them all out. Um, and it also lets you tabulate, you know, your growth factors. And again, I think if you just go to any of the uh, episodes, I take you through what, you know, what's going on on a weekly basis. And that will give you an idea like what we're doing. Again, we really don't do that much advertising or anything like that. In fact, I kind of like stopped most of the stuff that we were doing. But it's still, it's really cool to go through week by week to see what we're doing and how we're doing it. And if you grab the sheet, you can use it yourself to sort of guide yourself through um, those things that you need to do in order to make yourself visible. And I think we've been doing a really good job since um, the beginning of this agency is just being very visible 
and asking people for reviews and, and putting out good content and doing good stuff. And if you just do that, you know, it works. Awesome. So, I mean, definitely check that out, Seven Figure Journey on Facebook. Um, Matt, you've been extremely generous. Thank you so much. We will, we will call this episode a wrap. Um, this was awesome. Thanks again, Matt. Uh, if you want to learn more about the Seven Figure Agency, you can go to sevenfigureagency.com if you're not already a member of the program or already dealing with us. Uh, so thanks for joining us on this episode, and we will see you on another uh, interview sometime very soon, hopefully.